Hello and welcome to the Helmet to Helmet podcast. I'm Jack Sheldon, here with Jack Thompson and Charlie McAworth. Say hi, boys. Sup. Yeah, it's only ball here. Today we talk you through some of the main stories from the recent weeks in the NFL. Let's get into it. Right then, boys, big news um, coming out of Dallas in the last few weeks. Dak uh, is a cowboy, um, but as normal with the Cowboys news, I'm going to let you you boys uh, take charge on this one. So what went what went down with this? Dak's been signed to a four-year, 160 mil deal. I'm very happy. That is all I'm saying. I think they made the right choice. Um, 66 million in signing bonus with 126 mil guarantee. So the boy got his bag as well. Um, and then there's 95 fully guaranteed at signing too. So um, it's pretty cap friendly as well, which is obviously a good good thing for us. By the time that it starts to get really intense on the salary cap, um, hopefully the new TV deal would have meant that the cap's way higher than what it is now. So there's a bit of risk involved, but I think for the type of player that you get to keep in Dak Prescott, it's a great contract and I'm happy to have him. Yeah, as cap friendly, I guess, as a $160 million deal can be. Um I'm happy that the deal's got done, you know, seeing him go down and his career seemed quite uncertain at the time. I'm happy that Jerry's paid him. Um bit of security for him and his family. And, you know, as as I've always said, Dak is never the problem. He's a he's a good quarterback. He he deserves his money. Hopefully the T V deal increases the salary cup over the next four years. We're never gonna look back and say, Wow, that was a real good value deal for for us, but maybe in in comparison to the cap, we'll, we'll be we'll be happy with it in a few years as well. So yeah, I'm I'm happy for him. But you sure? Yeah, I think I I can only echo that. I was happy to see him sort of get get the deal he deserved probably two years ago now. Let's be honest. Um, and the, re- the only reason it's cost you that much is because you should have had it two years ago. But at this point, that's when if, if you signed two years ago, that's when now is when the deal would be really hitting you quite hard. So we'd have to restructure it this season anyway. So to be honest, it's probably worked out relatively well there's still a few people in on the Dallas roster that probably need to take some pay cuts but we we kind of know who they are <laughs> yeah well talking about people need to take pay cuts I did do a bit of research and uh, the Cowboys are basically paying top five seven in one person circumstances for players who aren't really in that category in the league so we've got Dak who is now the second highest paid quarterback in the league Zeke who is a third highest paid running back Lawrence, who's the fourth highest paid uh, edge rusher. Cooper, who's the fourth highest paid wide receiver. And Jalen Smith, who is the seventh highest paid linebacker. How does that sit with you, Jack? Right, so let me go through them. Zeke? Zeke is third. Yeah, okay. So Zeke's third. When When he got paid, I would have agreed with paying him that much. But since then... Mate, this just seems like such the typical Cowboys thing, though. You get paid bank and just sort of like recede into a hole of like insignificance and it's just the most irritating thing to watch ever. I think Zeke needs to play better to warrant the money that he's getting because he's not playing like a top three back. He is, in my opinion, a top five running back, but he's not playing like it at the moment, especially last season with all the turnovers and stuff that he was causing. So that's my first point. Dak, I think he deserves every bit of money he's getting. I think he's a top five QB. And I also think that with the new um, quarterbacks coming into the league, the quality they're bringing in, and also the quarterbacks like um, 
Watson, who are going to get paid soon. When you look at how much they're going to want on a new contract, they're going to want silly money in comparison. Who else is there? Lawrence, fourth highest paid, Ed Rusher. Okay, so Lawrence is an interesting one because it's not so much about the numbers that he puts up or the stats. He produces whilst being double teamed almost every game. So, you know, you can argue that you're paying a player that much money to then take away pressure from other players on that line to try and get through to the quarterback. Does it translate? Probably not as well as what they hope, but... Aren't all the best rushes double-teamed? Aaron Donald, Joe yeah. Bosa, Nick Bosa. And they, they still are productive. I think it's a lot of money, to be fair, for Lawrence. Yeah, it is. It is, for sure. Um, so would I agree with that one? Probably not. Like I said, it's the same with like Zeke, though. When we paid him, he was unbelievable. So he's in... He's in a bit of a slump as yeah, well. I but... think that's the the difficulty with with how it works. I know obviously Dak's now the second highest paid QB in the league, and you could make strong arguments that he isn't the second best. But that's just when he has been paid and when how things work. It, it happens at every position. So for for Zeke to still be the third highest paid running back in the league, and he signed that deal what three years ago? Two years ago. Okay, it shows how the lack of value at the running back position is that he's still third after two years. Then. Because yeah. people, you know, Derek Henry signed a deal. Was it that much? No. And he's he's infinitely better than Zeke at this moment in time. At so. the moment, he is for sure. So I don't think Zeke catches up with him. At, like I, I think I think that's done now. I think you can you can pretty much say that that Derek Henry is going to have a better career than Zeke in total. And you don't really see running back bounce back like like other positions like wide receivers. You see a few running backs that can just carry on, like Adrian Peterson and um, Frank Gore. But you don't see, once they start that decline, they don't. They very rarely pick it back up. But that's what annoys me, man. It's not like an injury started it or something you can point at specifically and say that's the reason why he's playing worse than the guy we drafted. Mm. It's just out of nowhere. Um, yeah. I'll get on to Jalen. Out of nowhere, he just starts playing horrible. And stop swiping the floor when we're losing. His attitude to the game, man, he's just a businessman now. Which, you know, I can't knock him for because he's earning his bag. But still, you're there to play football, do you know what I mean? Stop swiping the floor when you're losing. Hit a tackle at the line of scrimmage like you're supposed to be good at. Don't let them get five yeah, do your yards. Job. Do your job better, yeah? Like, what is going on? He lets him get five, ten yards down the field, then makes a tackle. Is this the grenade? <laughs> that is the grenade, yeah. <laughs> is it and it, it worked. I'm happy, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the outcome. I can feel it, la- yeah. The, uh, the last thing on Dak, um, in the press conference, Jerry Jones said something which uh, raised my eyebrows a little bit. He said that uh, everything good in his life, he's overpaid for. So... He's literally just admitting that he's overpaid Dak. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was... Uh, that was an interesting point. You know, he said when he bought the uh, the Cowboys, he overpaid for it. I don't know whether he did or not, but um, his, I mean, his not, quote not was... Not really, not if you look at what they're worth now. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But he said everything good that in my life I've overpaid for. So he's basically said in front of Dak, yeah, you, you, you've got one over on me. Well done, mate. i told the world that he's got more money than cents. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Excellent. Well, that brings us to a close of the Dallas Cowboys section of this podcast. Um, and that was that was about that was about right. Really. Good, congrats yeah. to Dak. Sorry about that one, boys. Blew up a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> Con- congrats, congrats to Dak. And if we ever want to trigger Jack again, we just bring up Jalen Smith swiping the floor. Yeah, <sighs> yeah absolutely. I think that works. I rate um, him. Yeah. 
but yeah, other other things that are happening this week. Obviously, it looks like the rumblings on on Russell Wilson being traded have kind of settled down, um, and it looks like Charlie's going to owe me that beer. That'll taste sweet at the club. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Um, but the Bears, it did come out uh, last week or so that the Bears did make a big offer for for Wilson, um, and it, that included three first round picks, a third round pick, and two starters. The starters weren't named. Um, so probably one defensive player, um, I think, and, and I don't know who else, but I would have liked Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson then. I would have done that deal. In a well, I heard that it was Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. That's what I read. Uh, I actually read it was Kyle Fuller and Akeem Hicks as well. Oh, right. Really? So okay. there's been a few rumblings, but Fuller isn't even with them anymore, obviously. No, so Fuller got cut, so that, that'll be the reason. But it looks like that that's kind of died down. Um, if it was Mack and Eddie Jackson, would you have done that deal? For me... Seattle are only going to accept a trade that includes a starting quarterback or a pick which promises them the prospect of a good quarterback. Two defensive players and three first-rounders. Realistically, where are you picking in, the, in those first-rounders with Russell Wilson as your quarterback? You're picking yeah. in the 20s. so Yeah, 25 yeah. plus, you'd think. That's the exactly what I'm thinking. The Bears have. Yeah, so the value, obviously, of those decreases. Yeah, I wouldn't have taken that, to be fair. Russell Wilson is... He's never had a losing season with um, Pete Carroll, has he? And the worst no, season's he's never missed a start. He's literally since he got brought into the team, he hasn't missed a start. Yeah. So he's not injury prone. He plays. So he's one of those QBs. I don't. He's one of those untradeable players in the league. Mahomes, him. He's, people just don't move because yeah. they're they're way too valuable for you. Like what can you offer um, in return? So instead, the Bears had to look elsewhere for a QB um, after releasing. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, which which was a shame, um, but they landed on the red rifle, Andy Dalton. Uh, yeah, one... Similar in quality, to be fair. <laughs> it's literally like going on a holiday and telling your wife you're flying with Emirates and you end up flying with Flybe. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's, it's pretty. It's it's not the best. So they signed uh, they signed Andy Dalton from uh, the Dallas Cowboys to a one year deal. Um, it could be worth up to thirteen million with incentives based on starts. Um, I think that is so. He'll get to thirteen million. He will be their starter, I think, um, this year. So, I mean, the Bears have had a good, well, a couple of weeks where you think Bears fans wouldn't been really excited. They're getting Russell Wilson, and they end up with with Andy Dalton, which must have been a bit of a letdown. Um, but what what do you think, boys? Do you, do you like the signing of Dalton? And do you also think that they move up in a draft to find a QB or they draft one this year, like Mac Jones, possibly, who might be available when they're picking? I honestly think... Do they have a first-round pick next year? Does anybody know off the top of their head? Um, I can... I'm going to say, yeah. I think they do but... have one, to be honest. I think they've... Um, after the trade for Mac, I think they've got their first-round picks back now. Yeah, they've got 20. They've got 20. Mac Jones could be available there. So I think they either try and trade up this year or the signing of Dalton is just an, like them accepting we just need to play next year out, hopefully do subpar, which is obviously highly possible with Andy Dalton behind the centre, as Dallas Cowboys fans know, and then draft one next year. I think that's probably the outlook that they're going to have. See, I, they're making the playoffs. They've got, a, you know, they've got a, their roster's Good. They've re-signed Alan Robinson. For me, that they need to move mm. on QB now. Yeah, they because, do need a QB now. I agree. Because otherwise, their window's closing. And Matt Nagy, the coach, has had you know some pretty putrid seasons 
and yeah. he survived. Like he can't last another one and keep his job. I don't think. I think they have to do something now. Matt Jones might be available at twenty, but I think you'd probably be better off going up to about fifteen to get him. I think Andy Dalton is like a serviceable quarterback. I think with their defense, he's going to be asked not to turn the ball over very often. He's going to hand it off to Montgomery a few times. He's going to take a few shots at Robinson, and they're yeah. going to just hope that the defense gets it done on their side of the ball. They're not going to be that exciting to watch, but I think it, I think it'll do all right. I think there's possibility they can make the playoffs with seven teams making the playoffs, but the NFC West, there's every single team in the NFC West could make, could make the playoffs, which yeah. is absolutely wild. Um, so yeah, that's that's really the kind of wraps up on the Bears. Uh, we've got another sort of pro days for some of the rookies, so that you know leads us from Mac Jones to some other rookies that we've seen. Um, so pro days for people that don't know are basically where the college players who are coming out in the draft this year, um, they will do some drills and workouts in front of NFL scouts and it basically helps where, where they get picked, whether whether teams want to pick them or not. So it's it's good to see, you know, who, who's got speed, whether they can change direction, things like that. Um, so we've, we've had a few pro days the last couple of weeks, still more to come. Um, anyone that jumped out at any of you boys to sort of that really help their draft stock? Um, yeah, I just want to put Spencer Brown out there, the O-tackle from Northern Iowa. Um, six foot eight, three hundred uh, pounds plus, and he has thirty-five inch arms. Man, the dude is absolutely massive. He put up a six point nine six second three cone drill, which, for comparison, AJ Brown, the receiver from Old Miss, yeah. no, um, from last year playing for the Titans. Now. Yeah, yeah, he's from Old Miss. Oh yeah, yeah. six point eight nine seconds. He did it in. <laughs> so. <laughs> In point naught point naught seven seconds slower, you've got a six foot eight, three hundred pound dude doing it. Uh, I just think he's an athletic freak, man. And people, any scout watching that will just be like, "Get in my basket." Yeah. So yeah, when's he predicted to go, Jack? No idea, man. Um, I, I hadn't really heard much about the guy until I saw his pro day. Um, I can have a quick look, but I yeah, I'm not sure. He'd probably second, third round now with that kind of speed. You'd, you'd think. Yeah, he, for sure. Is he a is he a guard or a, or a tackle, Jack? A uh, tackle. Yeah. Well, that'll that'll help him. That'll help him move up a bit. He's a tackle. It's more valued at that position. A man that big should not be able to move that fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one. Um, uh, a man that's quite big. He's a receiver. He's called Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. He's six foot two, and he ran a four three forty, which at that you know that kind of size. And he's not a he's not a skinny six two either. He's not like me. Um, he's he's a he's a big he's a big bloke and four three forty and I've seen him play for Minnesota last few years and Jesus can this guy high point the ball if you throw it up he's had two defenders draped on him in certain games and he's just snagged the ball and and pushed them off like they are literally children it's like, yeah, see you later off you go so I, I keep an eye on him I think he's probably going to go late first mid second um, from what I've seen so I enjoyed I enjoyed watching him. Can I trump you and uh, talk about Micah Parsons' pro day? Six foot three, two hundred and forty-six pounds, four three nine forty yard dash. That's a quick man. Yeah, some guys this year are crazy fast, and it's unfortunate we didn't have the combine. I think that would have been really good, and, yeah. and people would have been going for that combine record on the forty. Um, yeah. So that should probably be said that it's all unofficial times as well. Yeah, they'll be close though. They'll be close enough. I mean, the quickest quickest I've seen unofficial was this uh, Eric Stokes, the corner out of Georgia, who ran a four two five forty, which is Dallas baby, absolutely lightning fast. <laughs> Dallas <Yeah>. baby, <laughs> <laughs> who are <Yeah>. we drafting? <laughs> True. Yeah. 
who what's going on. Well, we'll get to the draft later on because something's uh, some some big news in there. It's, it's just it's thrown every single mock draft that I've been thinking about or reading just completely up in the air. It's completely changed it all now. Um, biggest pro day I think for this week was Zach Wilson. Um, looked good. I find it really difficult QB pro days to be honest because they they've got no pressure on them and they just get to chuck it as hard as they can. Um, and no one's guarding the receivers either, so so it's difficult to tell whether it's it's a it's a good throw or not. Uh, he looked good. He he throwed off platform, so I, I liked. And he's got. He looks like he's got an absolute cannon, to be honest. Yeah, he's got a good arm arm on him. I think uh, Charlie sent me one video. He's running to his left, and he throws back straight down the middle of the field. And I think it goes it goes about sixty five yards in the air. Which yeah, the throws away from his body as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Through the best pass of the off season. By far, and uh, he he reminds me a lot. To be fair, of Mahomes and a Stafford kind of hybrid with his throw style and his ability to release a ball at different angles. I think yeah. he's he's a massive talent. Yeah, like he I think he's, he's only helped his his draft stock, and there's been a lot of conversations that is he actually better than Trevor Lawrence now? But there's no way he goes any any higher than two. So one of those things. We've got uh, Alabama's pro day. We had a few notable players from Alabama that didn't work out. So we had Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith, both receivers, and Nigel Harris, the running back. I w- just selfishly, I wanted to see Jalen Waddle run a 40 because he is so quick and I just wanted to see what time he'd run. But they, obviously yeah, they didn't good. work out. Um, I don't know how that affects their draft stock, to be honest. I think I don't think it, it's going to touch Smith and uh, Harris too much, but I would have liked to see Waddle run. He could have put himself in, into that really sort of top 10 yeah, sort of conversation, but he didn't. It's tough, isn't it? especially when you're looking at unis like Alabama. They, the top players, don't really feel the need to put workouts out there, do they? Because then you're just becoming a comparison with a number rather yeah. than letting your tape speak for itself. Yeah. So I don't blame them, but yeah, like you said, I would have liked to see. I'd have liked to see all of them do their workouts just because it's interesting. But yeah, then you compare them. Yeah, on well, tangible I think, I think well. to be fair, what, what Smith. If Devontae Smith was going to work out, the only thing I would have said avoid is the uh, bench press because that yeah. for him as a guy of that size, he is skinny, um, and people have got some worries about him when he goes to the NFL. Um, if he puts up a pretty poor performance on the bench press, that's going to make people real, you know, scared to draft him in the top sort of ten to fifteen where we think he's going to go. Um, I, again, I would just like to see Waddle run to be honest, and that sounds <laughs> sounds odd because. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, a bit, a... bit weird, mate. Just wanting to watch him <laughs> run, but yeah. Um, we've got some from some more pro days coming up this week. I think LSU have got their pro day, um, and Jamar Chase will he work out? I think he should personally because no one's seen him play for over a year now. Um, but again, all these players will be going to teams on visits before the draft, and they will be asked to do workouts there anyway privately. It just it just means that we can't see them and we don't know the times. So that's all. Um, so, yeah, pro days and stuff. Anyone else that jumped out to you, boys? I liked Patrick Sertain, um, corner. Six foot two, 208 pounds. He looked very athletic. He ran a four four two forty, And he looks like he's been well-trained up by his dad, who's a three-time pro bowler. I'd like to see Dallas take him with the 10th pick. He, I think he's proved himself. He'll be a good, good piece alongside Diggs. That's who I think I've set my hopes on us drafting now, to be honest. Yeah, I think between him and JC Horn, one of them's going to fall to us. So, 
Yeah, yeah, I can see it, mate. I agree. And there's some sort of with those two corners, Horn and Satane, There's two. There's one sort of comparison based on their workouts that they had in the last few weeks, and that is Jaden Ramsey. They're all similar height, similar weight. They have similar sort of reach, vertical, broad jump. They're almost identical in every way. And and well, until they get on the field, because I don't think I don't think they are as good as Jalen Ramsey, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'd be hesitant to compare him to Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, is, but just sort of workout wise, and that's the difficulty when they do the workouts is they get compared to all these sort of current players. Um, and and Jalen Jalen Ramsey is a, is a kind of cut above the rest at corner at the moment. So if if any if both of them get anywhere near Jalen Ramsey's quality, I think you've you've got a good pick there at ten. Yeah. Um, I had, I think, one more. I had um, this Elijah Moore out of Old Miss ran ran pretty quick. He, he's relatively small, and he'll probably want to look at in the third or fourth round. But I enjoyed watching his um, his workout tape as well. Jack, you got one more? Yeah, um, I can throw Creed Humphrey in there as well, the centre out of Oklahoma. Did any of you see his pro day? I did not. Uh, I think I'll not. just list some of the stuff. Um, Twenty nine reps on the bench. 33 inch vert and a 112 inch broad jump and then a 446 510 5 shuttle to put that into perspective if he did that last year he'd be in top five for every category that he worked out in so i think he's just uh solidified himself as an early second round pick in my opinion man the dude's a beast as well on the field so Good for him, basically. Yeah, good for him. He I think really well. obviously it'd be interesting to see kind of these these guys that work out unbelievably well and does it translate onto the field? Um, we'll see. But a lot of them are going to be good fun to watch and I'll keep an eye on them in the draft, which is not too long away now, about four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah about a month today. Ooh, crazy. Crazy. So the off season is long, but it gets a lot. It seems like it's coming to an end when the, the draft starts. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to um, it. So on, on to the next story from from the from the news. We've got Breeze, Drew Breeze retiring. Um obviously I think we all saw this one coming. Uh Drew Breeze has called it a day, uh, and what a career it was. Thirteen Pro Bowls, he's Super Bowl champion, which is Super Bowl forty four. Uh some just some of the stats, there's so many. Uh, he finishes second all time in most T D passes, five hundred and seventy one of them, uh behind only Tom Brady. He's the first ever QB to throw over eighty thousand passing yards in his career. Brady's going to break that this year. He's only a thousand behind it, so Brady will break that as well. Most completions uh, over five thousand yards uh, passing seasons. He's had over five thousand yards five times. No other QB has had more than one, which is crazy. <laughs> this was a great stat. He uh, throws three hundred yards uh, in a game forty three percent of the time when he plays, which is Whoa. madness. Uh, yeah. And he's the second highest completion percentage of all time at sixty seven point seven percent. So. What a career! I think we can only say it's been a pleasure to watch him, but it has been kind of uncomfortable watching his decline the last few years. He's just got noodle armed in the last few years. Yeah, it was time I think for him, yeah. but still doesn't take away from the incredible career he had. So yeah, well done, Drew Brees, and enjoy your retirement, man. Paved the way for some uh, some of the shorter quarterbacks. I think without Brees being in the league, you don't have people like Russell Wilson and some of the people that are about to come out, so Justin Fields and Kyler Murray that. Uh, are in yeah. the league now. You, they they don't play. Um, they, well, they don't get drafted, especially not Kyler Murray at number one. You wouldn't draft someone that size at one. Uh, Baker Mayfield as well. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot yeah. of them out there now. Um, I, I did a bit of research into his career. I didn't realize he was at the Chargers, and he got drafted by the Chargers in first yeah. pick of the second round. Obviously, moved to Saints in 2006, and 
Obviously, he had his MVP season, but he wasn't just an MVP on the pitch. Away from football, um, you know, he, he joined a community which was badly hit by uh, Hurricane Katrina and was very much at the forefront of rebuilding that community. Um, and I know that he's loved by the people of New Orleans and he's definitely um, going into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a safe assumption. I think if you if you boys have never seen it or any of the listeners have never seen it, there's a series called America's Game where they go through the Super Bowl champions from each year and the 2000 and when do they win it? 2010, yeah, 2010. 2010. Um, so if you could watch it for that season, they, they did go through kind of why Drew Brees picked um, New Orleans as a free agent and it was between Miami and New Orleans. It's, it's an interesting story if you've got a bit of spare time. Um, but that kind of leaves New Orleans without a well without a, a QB. They have re-signed Jameis Winston, and they also have Taysom Hill that they've used in some um, quite interesting ways the last few years. So, how will their offense look this year? They've still got a really talented roster, but they're kind of the the biggest position in football has a big question mark over it. What do you think they're going to do? I think Jameis is probably going to be the starting quarterback next year. I don't think Taysom Hill's got that much arm talent compared to to Jameis so I think if anybody can turn Winston's career around it's going to be Sean Payton um, he's a quarterback guru second year in the system I think he'll, I think he'll have a good year I think they're going to be right back up there competing yeah I agree as well I think they give the job to Jameis Winston and just see how he does this season I think he'll be serviceable I think you know he's not going to be bad he's a good quarterback I think you just need to use him in the right way so I think they'll find it out and they'll figure out what they want to do. But yeah, I think he'll be a good quarterback. Yeah, I think he'll he'll help them stretch the field a bit more, which Breeze hasn't yeah. been able to do the last the last few years. And if they can if Sean Payton, you know, he's unbelievable offensive mind, if he can help Winston limit the turnovers, then I think I think they'll be fine, especially in that division where you've kind of really only got the Bucks that will really challenge them for division title and a and a playoff playoff spot. Um so yeah, the Obviously, congrats to Drew Brees on a on a great career, and I'm sure we will see him on some sort of uh, telecast uh, presenting the the NFL and breaking it down like Tony Romo does. I'm pretty sure he's already been offered a position doing one of those. So Absolutely. we'll see him on telly soon. Um, right, and this last last news story for the week, boys, and this was the biggest one, and it was only a couple of days ago. <laughs> so we had a blockbuster trade with San Francisco trading three first round picks. It was a swap of the current uh, the current pick with Miami. San Francisco sending three first rounders to move up from 12 to number three in this year's draft. Uh, and then we had, just bear with me on this one, it's Miami then traded with Philly. They swapped first this year uh, and a fourth rounder. And then Philly also got the one of the 2022 first rounders that Miami also have. So we've had the 49ers go to three. Uh, we've had Miami go to six and Philly go to 12, basically, in this year's draft. Um, with lots of other moving pieces going on, San Francisco have obviously traded up to get a QB. Which one? You know who's going to be available at three at that point. I think they're kind of happy with their choice. They'll have a pick of either two or three of the top four QBs at that point. Um, who do you think they're going for, boys? Wilson. You think, think Zach Wilson at three for the Forty Nine ers? Yeah. Do you think he drops after the uh, after the Jets? I think the Jets take him. To be fair. I think the Jets are going to take Wilson. And then I find it ludicrous the fact that we're talking about Justin Fields potentially being the fourth quarterback off the board. Yeah. He is so good. I think Jets take Fields. You think? Yeah. 
Oh, it's an interesting one. There's, there's got to be, there's a possibility of teams putting a smoke screen out saying they prefer certain people, so people don't try and jump above them to take who they actually want. But there's reports this week that San Francisco will keep Jimmy Garoppolo, which, when you trade that much to obviously draft a quarterback, it's that's odd to me, especially at three. You're not going to be able to sit a guy that you've you've moved three first round picks for, and you've drafted at three. You're not going to be able to sit in behind a starter for a year, especially if Jimmy G has a bad game. They're not going to let that happen. Um, but what was interesting to me is it happened just after Zach Wilson's pro day. And there was a lot of, obviously, teams there talking to each other. Uh, and you might have to bear with me this one because it's it's kind of, I've got to get it out of my head. But um, the reports were that Philly wanted to move to three to draft Wilson. As soon as they realised, I think, that the Jets were going to take him, they stopped. So Miami traded with San Fran because San Francisco are comfortable with either Fields or Lance. They'll just decide on who. Mm-hmm. Um, so Philly backed off. They, they made the deal. So I think San Fran go with Lance, to be honest. And if they keep Jimmy G, then they've got someone because Lance is a bit of a rough diamond at the moment. But I, I think that's really what happened. I think Philly wanted Wilson, but they realised they weren't going to get him at three. I think he's going to the Jets. Oh, right. Okay. Well, to be fair, Lance would make sense because Shanahan has got a great system there in uh, San Francisco. He's always had quite immobile quarterbacks and, you know, Trey Lance is an absolute specimen. So yeah. having injecting him straight into there, he's got a great arm, he's mobile, he could be, they could be dangerous with him. Maybe not next year, but a year in the system, yeah. year two, that they, they could be serious. Who's picking at um, number four now in the draft? Atlanta the Bengals. Still. Atlanta and the Bengals are five, aren't they? Yeah, the Falcons are above the Bengals. Mate, the value in those picks now between four, five and six is insane. Yeah. Especially if you're not looking for a quarterback, you pretty much, if you trade into that spot, like the Falcons will have the pick of anybody that they want as mm-hmm. long as it's not a quarterback. But yeah. For them, they might need one, but... I don't don't see the Falcons drafting QB, to be honest. Um, I think Miami will either take at six, they'll probably take a tackle or get two or another weapon. And then Philly will go receiver at 12. I think that's kind of what's been decided at that point. Or Philly will go best player available at 12. I hate the thought of Atlanta drafting a quarterback. Matt Ryan's 35 (laughs) and he's still one of their best players. Mm, He's not been a problem. Yeah, go pick up some defensive players, trade back and go and get a handful this draft. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot, lot they can do. Um, who, who won this trade? Who won this trade, boys? Because I've seen a lot of people saying Miami finessed the whole league, but all these teams are in completely different places. San Francisco are in win now mode. So to give up three first round picks to get your get your quarterback and compete for a Lombardi Trophy is that worth it? I, if I was a San Francisco fan, I'd, I'd take that now for a bit yeah. of glory, hopefully. I think the quarterbacks of the Miami Dolphins and the Philly Eagles won the trade because you pretty much solidified your starting job for next season. Mm-hmm. Both teams have traded in such a way, whereas they're out of the quarterback discussion now, really. So I think Tua, Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts, they're just going to be sitting back chilling now thinking, I've got my job for 2021. It's a big one for Jalen Hurts as well. I think he's going to have to prove he's the starting well, quarterback. They brought, they brought Joe Flacco in, haven't they? And Joe Flacco's yeah. come out and basically said he's here to compete to be a starter. So Yeah. Well, well, at least you know Jaylen, you're not drafting one as well, right? Yeah. yeah. I think Jalen Hurts I think Jalen Hurts beats him out though. Better than Joe Flacco. I do too. 
No, yeah, I wrote I a Jalen Hurts. I think the biggest person who needs to worry this year, I know you just said two is safe, but this is make or break year for Tua. Yeah, He's, I agree. They've just got him Will Fuller. They're probably going to get him either a tackle or a weapon in a wide receiver or a tight end with the sixth overall. He hasn't got his dad there now to bail him out of games that they're losing. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, his dad is, by the way. Yeah, so <laughs> what's going to happen? If he doesn't perform, I think he's... Darling, you got a goal. Yeah, but I think that's the same for all of the QBs I've just listed. Yeah, it's only for next year that they're safe, right? Yeah, mm. I think so I think I think Miami have loaded up and they've got themselves basically uh, an offense where they say, right, so we will give that to Tua, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't produce with this, then he's not our guy. Um, yeah, you know, he's had a year now to recover from that that hip injury. Um, but yeah, lots lots to talk about with the upcoming draft and these moves. Um, obviously, we'll be talking about where people are being picked and we'll do a mock draft uh, in another episode. But um, I think that's all we've got time for today. We hope you enjoyed the show. Go follow our Instagram as normal at Helmet to Helmet Podcast UK. And we'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Peace. Peace.